Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Spurlock past the 20, past the 30. Could it be? Could it be? The great curse has been lifted. There goes Michael Spurlock. And for the first time ever, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have returned to kickoff for a touchdown. Santa Maria. Hello and welcome back, Bucks fans, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. The NFL schedule has been released. Today, we're going to take a look at the slate of opponents for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the upcoming 2023 season. We'll also catch you up on the latest headlines from the first day of Buccaneers rookie mini camp as players get back into the facility. But before we do all that, Evan, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of anticipation. It, it's crazy how the NFL can sort of make the make a spectacle out of anything. Uh, it is literally a schedule. You've known the opponents for a long time, and it's just a schedule of when you play them. And it's just amazing how the NFL can turn that into something that's like well, people anticipate. <laughs> there were some high crazy. stakes. There were some high stakes with this year's schedule. I don't know if you saw that report three, four days uh, before the night it's supposed to drop, there's a report that says, hey, NFL may or may not have the schedule out on time yeah, this year. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter, uh, but people were up in arms over that. Maybe it's just to get more people to buy in, but uh, <laughs> it's pretty damn funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy how they can just, I, I don't understand. Like, there's literally, the NFL Network was had a three-hour show last night when, talking about the schedule. <laughs> when you think about you know, the types of content, the shows, uh, it, the stuff that really people gravitate towards when there is a lack of football and, and you kind oh, of yeah. look at it and you and you peel the onion back and you look at the whole picture like the NFL draft. Right. That should not be exciting. Like when I explain to someone who doesn't watch football that, hey, I'm going to have a couple of buddies over and we're going to hang out. and We're going to watch the draft like that sounds like the least entertaining thing on the planet. Oh, yeah. well, the teams pick one player. Yeah, they're they're reading names. <laughs> yeah, it's they're a, it's reading a guy names. reading a name. Yeah. Or, oh, well, how many picks does your team have the night that your friends are coming over? One. Oh, just one. Or sometimes none. <laughs> how well, how long do you have to wait for them to pick? I guess it just depends, but tonight, you know, we had to wait about two and a half, almost three hours for the Bucks to pick, and then yeah, Oh man. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the NFL schedule is here. I know we mentioned the start of rookie minicamp, but honestly, I mean, all the familiar faces are there. Cody Malk is out there, GM Jason Light is in attendance. I believe Todd Bowles is where uh, is out there as well. New OC Dave Canales checking in. So good to see everybody back in the facility. But yeah. let's talk about this schedule. Let, let's get into it because I'm going to be honest with you. My expectations, I don't want to say my expectations were low. But we have we have done these schedule reaction shows before. And before the Tom Brady era, more often than not, we were up in arms about something on the mm. year schedule. You know, 2019, it was that brutal road trip. I mean, what yeah. was it, six, seven weeks on it the was, road? Well, it was technically, yeah, because you had the London game that counted as a home game. So they were away from Tampa. They didn't play a game in Tampa for like, like a month like, and a half, almost yeah, two months. Yeah, it was, it was a long time. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, stuff like that is is what you get used to when you're not the media darling of the NFL anymore. So I'll be honest with you, I wasn't expecting a lot of primetime games. Uh, I wasn't expecting a lot of favorable time slots. And, and while the Bucks didn't get five primetime games, they only get two of them here. Uh, they did get a couple of four o'clock games. And I got to tell yeah. you, I am eternally grateful for that. Would have liked to see a little bit more, but, it, you know, we are back to mostly 1 p.m. kickoffs here. That's fine. Whatever. You know, and, and for, for well, for people that do the post game shows right after the game like we do. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather the 1 p.m. or the four o'clock games over the the. uh Multiple primetime games. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's nice to be on primetime, sure. But, um, yeah, five or six times a year is is a lot. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, I, I there's only – I think there's only, like, two 4 p.m. games. Though. I know one of them is a Jacksonville game that's on Christmas Eve. Um, and people were kind of making, like, a big deal about that. Like, oh, the Bucks are playing on Christmas Eve. The entire NFL is playing on Christmas Eve, <laughs> like because Christmas Eve is on a Sunday this year. So I think there's three Christmas Day games, like the Bucks were last year on Christmas Day. Um, and then the rest is going to be on Christmas Eve. So kind of not special, but 
I I think and look, it's it's tough to really complain about a schedule, right? Because at the end of the day, it's a schedule. You or me, neither one of us have to travel for it. Like it's not gonna affect us at yeah. all. Um so like when they say like oh they're on the road for four straight weeks like okay like who cares um the one thing you can complain about though and the one thing that if you know if I'm a player I'm looking at I'm like oh that kind of sucks is the early bye week yeah um, the, the the week five bye week I think you would like it to be week seven or, or later um I mean you've only played you're gonna play four games and then get a break that's that's kind of rough um and what's that 13 straight after that so that, that that's a lot that is that is a lot of games being played straight there and by the end of the season you may see the bucks sort of get fatigued like sort of get tired playing a lot of football in a row uh you saw it in 2017 when the hurricane caused the bye week to be uh week one they had to play exactly seven, yeah. 17 straight weeks uh or 16 straight games uh, there was no break. They started to get fatigued. So that's the one complaint I, I think you would see uh, is that early bye week. But overall, I thought it was a pretty balanced schedule. I don't think there's anything that was too crazy. Yeah, I definitely thought it was too. There, There's not any brutal road trips. There's not any chunks of games that you look at it and be like, oh man, this is going to be maybe the toughest stretch of the season. I mean, it, they definitely don't have the slate of opponents that they did last year. You obviously don't know how well these teams are going to play in 2023. Um, obviously, Detroit going to be much more of an interesting game this year than it would have been uh, two years ago, three years ago when you see that pop up on the schedule. I mean, here. even even a team like Houston now with C.J. Stroud, right. um, D'Amico Ryans, like that game could be a bit more intriguing. The Packers now without Aaron Rodgers. So mm-hmm. you know, that's with Jordan Love now. So there there is a lot of um, a lot of intrigue here. Uh, and also good news uh, and we'll obviously we'll get to review the whole schedule here in just a second. But uh, the books, the their first primetime game, the Monday Night Football game against Philly, it's part of a double header. So that means that game is actually a seven fifteen start time. Oh, so thank God. Yeah, let's go. All right, <laughs> it is, you know, it is I, an early, it is an early prime let's clap time. But the good graces of uh, the NFL schedule makers <laughs> is where the Bucks find themselves this coming season. So obviously, some stuff to get excited about. And you had mentioned the four o'clock starts. How there's only two of them, which is correct. There's only two four or five sto- uh, four or five starts. I thought there was more, but. That's still two more than I thought we were going to get. Oh, and then, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 final one is uh, at Panthers. That's still to be determined. So yeah. that that could be. I feel like that last game of the year usually ends up being one o'clock, though. Maybe maybe yeah. I've been wrong. Maybe you know what? Maybe I've been wrong because I think I, I think the really all depends on what you know if the Bucks or Panthers are in a playoff spot then, yeah. and if you need you know if you don't want two teams playing at the same time or something. That's why it gets a little funky there. Yeah. So. Let's go ahead and dive into it. Week one, the Bucks are going to be on the road. And listen, you want to talk about where you are testing this Bucks team. Uh, they go to Minnesota to play Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. And I mean, that's going to be a test immediately for the secondary who just got Carlton Davis back, Jamel Dean back. You put a lot of money to keep these guys together. And, um, you know, we'll see what they can do week one. But th- this yeah. is a uh, a pretty tough game to start the year, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, and real quick, I want to get it out of the way. Like, we're, this isn't the the record prediction show that's coming. Uh, it's coming over the summer, uh, but won't get too in depth because I mean we're just we're talking about all the games here, so we're not going to get too in depth in each matchup and stuff. But just a quick overview of the team, some of the stuff they changed in the offseason, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I mean playing Justin Jefferson week one is um, certainly going to be a test for this Buck secondary, and uh, they also I believe the Vikings drafted Jordan Addison. Uh, they lost Adam Thielen, uh, you know, Kirk cousins had a good year last year. Uh, and, and despite the Vikings first round playoff loss, uh, they were a, a good team now. I mean, some do think they're a bit overrated myself included because I mean, that I, I collapsed forget, I, late in the year. Yeah. Well, and I forget what their, what their oh. record was. Um, their record in one score games was like insane. Like they're not going to be able to replicate that again. So, um, but certainly, you know, the good thing is though, I think the Vikings defense is a bit vulnerable. So I don't think Baker Mayfield, I'm assuming it's Baker Mayfield, but uh, and the, you know, in the Bucks offense, I, I don't think they face a, a daunting task here uh, to start the season. It's not like you're going on a road to play a San Francisco week one. That would be, that would be tough. Um, but I, I do think there's, there's stuff they, they can, exploit there um 
but yeah, I mean, starting on the road and then you have two straight home games. So, yeah. And, and the reason we do uh, the season prediction show a little later in the year as well is because as of right now, man, one, we don't even know who the starting quarterback is going to be. Yeah. Two, we have a new offensive coordinator and three, with all of that being said, it, it makes it so much harder to gauge what this offense is going to look like this year. Yeah. Like, and also it, like, injury injuries can happen. That's like, true. That's Ryan true. Jensen went down the second day of training camp. That changes things. Like, Yeah, you're telling me. All right, week two. The Buccaneers open things up at Raymond James Stadium against the Chicago Bears September 17th. That is a 1 o'clock game on Fox. The home opener, middle of September, 1 o'clock. Good luck. Uh, I think I'm going to stay home for that one. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd love to be there, but holy hell. I mean, they didn't. That's what it's going to feel like. The home opener, I don't think, was uh, last year. I don't think it was the first until the first week of October. And even then, it's like marginally colder outside. Yeah, I mean, maybe two degrees. The home opener was against Green Bay. It was week three. It was the last week of September, but it was a 425 game as well. It wasn't there one we o'clock, go. Okay, so, right. so that that helped. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a hot one. So, yeah. um, but I, you know, Justin Fields coming to town. The Bears obviously have the, the number one overall pick. They traded it. Now they have DJ Moore there in the fold because of that trade. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what type of Bears team it is. I mean, this is a team I think could be boomer bust. Uh, yeah. I think it could. They could be a sneaky playoff team and have a quick turnaround if Justin Fields uh, with the new weapons and hopefully improved offensive line play. Uh, if, if they could, if Justin Fields could reach that next level, they could make some noise there. So I don't think this is an easy game for the Bucs. Uh, but also, you know, your first two opponents, they're winnable. Like, it, it's not like insane. Obviously, the next week it gets tougher, but your, your first two opponents here are, are not um you know the, the best of the best here uh and there's some there's some tougher games in the buck schedule and these two you know, aren't it so if they're going to build some early season momentum they might have to do it with these two games coming up here yeah week 2 chicago definitely a game i'm going to be watching in the air conditioning one way or another but you had talked about the best of the best uh speaking of the best of the best Week three, the defending NFC champions, Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles come to town for Monday night football, baby, 7.15 p.m. kickoff. That game is on ABC. I think the last time the Bucs played a Monday night football game on ABC, Sean King was a quarterback for him. But uh, this should be a good game. I, and, and again, you can't get you can't get too much into detail. But I, I do want to say, as far as just expectations for the season – you know, I, I don't know where the hell this offense is going to pick up or start week one. I don't know if that's going to get better going into week two, three, four, or five. There's no way to forecast that as of right now. But this defense, oh, man, I I, I have high hopes for the defense this year. I'm not saying they're going to be best in the league, but they were a top 10 unit last year on a football team with nine losses. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like oh, and a team with an offense that was just not giving them much of anything historically in, in terms of support. No, historically terrible offense. You know, we, we touched on it time and time again, um, but I have no reason to believe there's going to be a major drop off with this defense. You know, they lost some players. Don't get me wrong. But I do think the way the Bucks have navigated free agency and the draft now. And the players that they have targeted, you know, we'll find out come training camp and preseason and obviously weeks one, two, three, and four, what some of these rookie guys are made of. But I'd say that from from the perspective of going after what the team needs most, the Bucs did a really good job of that. And what, that's why I feel like this mm-hmm. defense can definitely be competitive against one of the best offenses in the league and, uh, you know, a, a NFC champion Philly team. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's obviously it's gonna be tough um, because Philly can beat you in more ways than one, and that, that's the tough thing. They can beat you through the air, they can beat you through the ground, and uh, in twenty twenty one, they were primarily beating teams on the ground. And what happened when they ran to a Bucks team that was a good run defense? You know, they kind of got clobbered. Uh, in twenty twenty two, Jalen Hurts progressed. They added AJ Brown, um, and then. Devonta Smith took another step and now they have a passing attack that's lethal as well. So there there's a lot of talent on that Philly team. And this is going to be, you know, a really, really interesting test uh, for not just 
you know, not just the defense, but the offense as well, because the Philly defense, uh, they lost some pieces, but I mean, they had a great draft with Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, um, obviously kept James Bradbury, kept Darius Slay. So there, there's going to be uh, a pretty big test here uh, for, for Tampa Bay early in the season. Week four, a road trip for the Bucks before the early bye week. It is the first division game of the season as they will be in the Superdome taking on the New Orleans Saints. The Derek Carr-led yes. New Orleans Saints. And, and obviously, we'll talk about the division games as they come. But with the general conversation in the division right now being all the fancy new quarterbacks, the Bucs still have yet to figure out who their starter will be week one. But it's going to be interesting to see what kind of team uh, the Saints are because Derek Carr is obviously a guy who can get it done at the quarterback position. Um unfortunately Taysom Hill very much still on that team too so you know with that being said what are they expecting from Dennis Allen if you're the Saints you know are are they expecting him to improve do they have I mean does the fan base have that much faith in him um you know know, the Saints uh, made it clear they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna see this thing out he's gonna get a full season again I think there, there's a lot of people that view Dennis like a lot of Saints fans have viewed Dennis Allen the way some Bucks fans view Todd Bowles. Like they just, <laughs> they just hate him. Like yeah. you know, and and it's very similar things. Like you know, uh, an old, an older legendary coach steps away, and then the defensive coordinator already on the staff with previous head coach experience steps in. Like it's very similar, um, and at times. You know, like the Bucks struggled in 2022. The Saints struggled in 2022. It's it's very, very similar. Now, yeah, the Bucks took one path, though, in terms of team building, and the Saints took another. The Saints are looking to win now a bit more. Maybe not a Super Bowl. I don't think they cashed in their chips like that. But they're looking to make the playoffs. Like, they're looking to make some serious noise, whereas the Bucks are, you know, you make the playoffs great, but you're kind of doing a roster reset here, whereas the Saints are trying to still hold on to, to hope that they can win the AFC South. So, uh, I I think the Saints did upgrade a quarterback. Like I I think Derek Carr's better than what they've had. Um, and this is going to be a tough road game. I mean, even though the Bucks beat New Orleans in New Orleans last year, that place has still been a house of horrors for Tampa. The Saints have still, I mean, played them two tough games. Like and and honestly, the Saints were up two scores with like four minutes left in Tampa last year, last time these two teams played. Yeah. So like the Saints have still played the Bucks really well. So this is gonna be a tough road game heading into the bye week. Yeah, they certainly won't have Jameis Winston to uh to bail out the Bucks this time around. So with that being said, a tough division game and then a week off for Tampa Bay. On to week six. You have got Motor City Dan Campbell coming to town. As the Bucks are back home in Tampa, uh, playing the Detroit Lions. That real, is... real, real quick. Yes, I mean this has got to be the cream cycle game, right? I, dude, I I said it, I said it on the last show or the show before. You know, I, my guess, I think I may have guessed Chicago as the home opener as well. Oh, I don't know, don't quote me on that, but I think I did. Uh, yes, sir. So I, I think it has to be right coming out of the bye week. It's kind of like right before the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I feel like the the it, these two you, they play two straight home games here. Yeah. Detroit yeah, and yeah, Atlanta. Yeah. One of them's got to be the cream soda game. And 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 I would think. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter because they have all the days they need. But like, you get a little more time to dress the stadium up with the bye week. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because normally back in the day, well, and they're they're on going, they're on the road the week before. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. So they could set it up a week before if they really wanted. But you know. I love to see them go all out with the stadium. They used to do that for all the old cream yeah, that, games. That was like, cool. It was cool. Yeah, was they cool. would they would dress the ship up. I mean, they would change the sideline banners, uh, all the equipment. In the schedule release video, uh, we did get a little sneak peek at one of the features of the Creamsicle. I don't know if people saw this or not, but it's it's a uh, Cody Malk and and Tristan Wirfs in the equipment room. And they're sitting in front of a rack with all the face masks on it. And it's got the regular black face mask and then the bright orange creamsicle face masks. So we know it's going to be a white lid with the orange uh, face mask for sure. But hopefully we see that full reveal soon. But yeah, I think and also, six, and it's 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 Detroit. It's the, the uh, old and black Central? And division. Yeah. 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 How could you not? Right. I, I mean, it is October 15th. It's going to be warm. <laughs> it's going to be warm. So I, I, I do have maybe some reason to believe that they could wait until later in the year. I, I just always, I just think like the last few times they did it, 
It was always now. I know the first time they did it was late in the season against the Packers, but then like the the last two times, I it was like before Week Ten against Carolina in 2011, and then I think it was like Week Five, 2012 against New Orleans. So the last two times they did it was fairly early in the season. Yeah, and, and that's why, honestly, you would mention like what was it before Week Nine, before Week Ten? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. You know, I look at that Week 13 game. Against Carolina, division game, December 3rd, middle of December. It's going to be a beautiful day. I can kind of see that because that's the only home game for five straight weeks, too. That's kind of the, you know, I guess the tough road stretch, if we're going to call it that. Um, But anyway, I mean, they they, they do. They play Tennessee week 10. Yeah. um, At at home. But like, I mean, Tennessee now, like it has to be. I say, oh, I meant week 13 when I said. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. but But you said they're on the road for five straight weeks. They're on the road four out of five weeks. My bad. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, there we go. Yeah, but like, it has to be Detroit. Like it, it just it. Yeah. That that's our review of the Detroit game. Is that that's going to be the cream show game? Yep. There you go. Going to be some uh, classic moments in that one. Hopefully, week seven, the Bucks remain in Tampa with another division opponent, the Atlanta Falcons, a team that again is going to be looking to compete for real yeah. in the NFC South. Oh, yeah. You know, they they kind of took their lumps last year, figured out what they had. And uh, I think they did find some talent on that team that's going to produce for them in ways that people probably don't see coming. Uh, Tyler Allgear at the running back position is one that we think of. He ran all over the Bucks in both they, games last year. They just they just replaced him though. <laughs> I, I mean, they they just picked Bijan Robinson. Like, yeah, but I, I'm <laughs> saying you know to have a guy like that as your running back too definitely isn't the worst thing in the world. Obviously, Bijan Robinson comes into the fold as well. So going to be some tests, more tests for this Bucks. But now team. they're they're going to get more of a look at Desmond Ritter, which obviously they got to look at him in the season finale uh, last year. But then the starters were pulled and stuff. So this is going to be the first time that the starters are going to be seeing Desmond Ritter for a full uh, sixty minute game. So it's going to be interesting to see not just how the Bucks play against Ritter, but how Ritter progresses anyway, because that may determine what type of season the Falcons have. And that also may determine, and this is prevalent to the Bucks now, like that may determine that the Falcons are high enough to pick a quarterback and the Bucks might be one of those teams in the market for a quarterback. So that's what you kind of got to be looking at there. You, you kind of got to be hoping if you, if you're a guy, if you're a fan that wants the Bucks to draft a quarterback pretty high next year, you kind of got to be hoping that Desmond Ritter plays well for the Falcons. And that sort of crosses off another team there. Uh, that would be a quarterback needy team. One o'clock kickoff for that game against Atlanta. Bucks are back on the road in week eight. This Their is probably, final primetime game. Yeah. Probably one of the toughest games of the year. It's going to be a short week against a good team. It's yeah, the Buffalo it's Bills on, on the road. <laughs> yeah, on Thursday night football in October. Shouldn't quite be snowing, uh, but it's still going to be a tough place to play against a, a team that's pretty much gearing up to make another run at the Super Bowl. I mean, they've come up short these last couple of years, but Buffalo still feels like they're in their window, and uh, they have played well enough to to kind of show people that. Yeah, this is a tough one. Like you said, on a short week against one of the NFL's best on the road, not going to be fun. So um, hopefully, you know, they can come, you know, come prepared at this point. You know, it's midseason. Injuries can happen to anybody. You don't know what these teams are exactly going to look like, which is why during the season prediction show, like once we get like past like the first four or five weeks, it's kind of a crapshoot because like we know injuries will happen. Like there will be some starters on both teams that will miss some of these games. Um, But you just have to do your best to sort of ignore that. And yeah, a a tough stretch, though. Um, So then their final primetime game of the season. Uh, on Thursday night football, um, yeah, they they get to travel to the Buffalo, so um, it, it'll be an interesting matchup. Obviously, last time the Bucks played the Bills was in Tampa. It was a pretty classic game, very memorable game. So, uh, hopefully, they can pull off at a pretty big upset there. Next week, they are still on the road. Week nine, they will travel and play rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud with the Houston Texans. That game a one p.m. kickoff. Not much to say about this game. Again, like you said, as you get later into the season, you don't know how these guys are going to, uh, as of right now, it's hard to project what these teams are going Mm -hmm. to look like. But, you know, by week nine, I think we're probably going to have a pretty good idea of how C.J. Stroud's rookie season is going, maybe the momentum he carries, uh, and what that Texans team will look like. But, you know, this is a game that definitely is going to be winnable for the Bucs, I would say, even with the threat of a shiny new uh, edge rusher and quarterback. But, 
Following that trip to Houston, the Bucks are back at home week 10 to take on the Tennessee Titans on November 12th, a 1 p.m. kickoff. Two games in a row on CBS. There's actually a lot of games for the Bucks this year on CBS. I noticed yeah, that. There's they're, they're seven. Yeah. Um, because because this year what they did with the networks is it's not a specific thing. It's any network can get any game. So it just that's how it that's how it happened. Hey, I, I don't mind it. I like the variation yeah, in the broadcast. I like the different announcers. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it, it kind of got it kind of got old here and uh, Greg Olson called the Bucks games last well, year. Well, you won't you won't hear that much anymore. Oh, so thank God. Um yeah, Bucks are usually a Fox team though. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, um, re- play, real quick, the, though. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to point out something with this schedule because you mentioned the Texans. Um, the one thing that the Buccaneers are facing in this schedule is a lot of potentially new quarterbacks uh, and rookies and veterans. Veterans like Jordan Love, uh, Desmond Ritter, and then but rookies like C.J. Stroud. At this point, is Will Levis going to be the starter for the Titans? Like at this point, uh, they're going to play Bryce Young two times a year. They're probably, I mean, we'll talk about it, but they got the, the Colts. They probably got Anthony Richardson. Um, they're going to be facing a lot of new quarterbacks. I don't foresee it, but like, I mean, if Jared Goff would get hurt or the Lions would really be struggling, would the Bucks be playing Hendon Hooker in that week 16 game? So, it's going to be interesting because they're going to be seeing a lot of different and new quarterbacks. And that's a, that could be a blessing, but also a curse could be a blessing because a new quarterback and experienced quarterback, you can make them make mistakes a bit easier, but also it could be a curse because there's always, you know, something about rookie quarterbacks in the NFL that like, if they get hot and their confidence gets pretty high they can get rolling. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how many rookie quarterbacks and just inexperienced quarterbacks the Bucs play this year. But, uh, yeah, Tennessee Tennessee at 1 o'clock. Week 11, the Bucs are back on the road playing the San Francisco 49ers. Talk about new quarterbacks. I mean, who the hell is going to be starting for the San Francisco yeah. 49ers? <laughs> Not only week one, but week 11 of the season. <laughs> Yeah, they, I mean they've seen they've seen Brock Purdy. Uh, Brock Purdy dominated them in his first start. So um, you know, I mean they could. I think by that point, if Purdy's our guy, Purdy should probably be ready by that point. So, uh, but yeah, who knows? Honestly, by that point, with with the way the 49ers are with quarterbacks' health and everything, and just their their injury luck, who knows who's going to be a starter at this point for them? Yeah, I mean it. It seems like. From what I see, listen, I, I'm not very tapped into to the 49ers here, but from what I see passingly on social media, it seems like a lot of people are under the assumption Brock Purdy is going to be the guy, mm-hmm. right? I, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I would think so, yeah, if yeah. he remains healthy, yeah. Yeah, they didn't make any drastic moves at the draft to tell me otherwise, so, you know, I don't have any reason to believe it's not going to be Brock Purdy, but obviously health becomes an issue, just like you said. But another tough game for the Bucks is the 49ers usually put together a pretty damn good football team. Week 12, they remain on the road, and this one's going to be... I want to say this is like my biggest circle on the calendar for the Bucs, and I'm excited for the Detroit game simply because of the creamsicles. Because, I mean, you may as well cash it in. I don't know if they're taking bets in Vegas on that, but... You heard it here yeah. first. This is yeah. not. Yeah. And, and if and if you're you know and if you're listening to this, we don't have a source or anything. It's just a, <laughs> it's just a guess that like if you're looking at it, the most logical game for a creamsicle game would be that Detroit game. Brought to you by BetOnline.ag. So uh, talking about Week 12 at Indianapolis, uh, this is this is the game that I am excited to see the most because solely because of Anthony Richardson. Like I I just want to see I, he may not even be starting. Right. We, we had talked about the idea of him being a project for any team. But I'm going to be honest with you, if you're the Colts and you move up to get this guy where they did, how could he not start week one? But by week 12, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's Minshew Mania running wild. But- uh, I mean, I mean, if, if Richardson's starting week one. And then by week 12, he's not starting. That means that's things awful. didn't go too well. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's worst case scenario. So let me give him the benefit of the doubt, because if you were the Colts, you're probably going to have a little more patience with a top five draft pick than you would a Matt Ryan or a Phillip Rivers or a Carson Wentz. So right. let me let me let me run that back real quick. But um, either way, I'm excited to see this game because I'm just excited to watch Anthony Richardson. I don't I don't I don't know. I'm not a hater, but I definitely don't love the guy. I just I I'm a Florida fan, so I want to see how he does. 
Yeah, I um, you know, I I, I liked them. I liked them pre-draft. Um, and it, it will be interesting to see though. And 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 honestly, he's gonna have his struggles. Like he just is. You're yeah, gonna have to right, deal yeah. with it. Like, but specifically a guy like him, who's a raw prospect, like he's only started a handful of games, but you know, and his rookie season may not be pretty, but like, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like that, that, that doesn't matter. Typically what matters is that you keep progressing year after year. So for this year, the Bucks could be facing a quarterback who could struggle at times. And that could lead to, you know, a, a win. I, I think the Colts roster is fine. Like, I think it's a decent roster. But they face a lot of uncertainty right now, so maybe the Bucks could take advantage of that. Yeah, and just like you said, there's always that level of uncertainty with a rookie quarterback or even a first-year starter. And the Bucks are facing a slew of rookie quarterbacks this year. They're going to get Bryce Young twice. They got C.J. Stroud. They got Anthony Richardson. That's all you need, right? I mean, moving on to Week 13, the Buccaneers are back at home. Another division opponent with the quarterback I just mentioned. Uh, Bryce Young with the Panthers will be playing in Tampa December 3rd, 1 o'clock kickoff for that one. That game will be on CBS. Another division opponent. And again, we're this late into the season where we kind of circle back to what we said. It's hard to project. We already kind of talked about... By this point, yeah. Yeah, what these division games are going to look like. But, you know, the Panthers, again, we haven't really touched on on their offseason, their draft. Uh, they move up a while ago to go get the number one pick. They like their guy. They're ready to trust them. New head coach, new regime. I mean, they're ready to figure it out this year. And it definitely feels like for a year one system, uh, they feel like they can compete. And I, I do think and, if, you know, let's say a best case scenario rolls around with Bryce Young, they do have a competitive roster. So uh, what do you make of Carolina this year? I like their coaching staff. Um, yeah. Big, big fan of their coaching staff. I mean, Frank Reich was a pretty big hire. Um, they filled it out with a lot of experience uh, and a lot of potential. Uh, Thomas Brown's their offensive coordinator. He interviewed with the Buccaneers for their opening. Um, and then obviously they added talent like, like they did. Um, signed Miles Sanders, signed Adam Thielen, obviously drafted Bryce Young. Um, you know, uh, they they drafted Jonathan Mingo, uh, the wide receiver from Old Miss, so another weapon for Bryce Young. Uh, and they were close to win the division last year, man. Like if the Bucks lost that game to the Panthers in a game where the Panthers had the lead, like if, if the Bucks lost that game, it would have been interesting. And I think the Panthers would have made a late run. And obviously that might've changed things because maybe Steve Wilkes would have stayed there then. But like, I think it showed you that the Panthers have a lot more talent than I think people before the 2022 season were giving them credit for. So now they got, they hopefully got the quarterback. I mean, they have been a team, Ever since Cam, you know, his health really deteriorated, they've been a team that's been dying for a quarterback. Like, they've been searching for a guy. They've been trying to plug all these holes, and they haven't done it. And now, hopefully, they got their guy. So, it's going to be interesting. And, I, you know, by week 13, Bryce Young's probably seen all that NFL defenses are going to throw at him. So, like, he's going to be experienced. This is the first time that the Bucks are playing the Panthers that, that's this season. So, it will be interesting to see. And, uh you know, it's a. I mean, they play four four home games. I mean, four home games, four division games in the final uh, six. So, it could be pretty important games here, uh, depending on how the rest of the vi the division goes, because there could be real chances uh, to gain some serious ground in in this division because of how many division games you have at the at the back end of your schedule here. And I think it starts with Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. That game going to be at 1 o'clock. Week 14, the Bucks are back on the road. Another division opponent, another week in a row, 1 o'clock on CBS. They play the Atlanta Falcons, and then uh, we'll just go ahead and round out the season here. Week 15, they stay on the road, take a trip up to Lambeau to play Ouch. the Jordan Love-led Packers. mid-December. Mid yep, December 17th, <laughs> 1 o'clock, so it'll be a day game, but uh, it, it's still going to be pretty damn cold up there. That could um, be potential for snow. There's some yeah. potential for snow. But another new QB. You know, it, it, yeah. the Packers, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, but they did sign him to an extension. So mm -hmm. call it what you will. I guess they, they saved a little bit of money on the backside, obviously, because there's some incentives padded into that deal. But uh, they believe he can be the guy. And by week 15, Green Bay, 
the fan base, the Bucks, the rest of the NFL is going to have a pretty good idea on if uh, Jordan Love is is going to be the guy or not. But let me get your personal thoughts on Jordan Love really quick. I know he saw some action last season. And I mean, from what we have seen coming into the league, you know, the first round draft pick that surprised everybody. Nobody liked it at all. And uh, everyone kind of kind of. I don't know, jumped on the uh, jumped on the bandwagon and not liking him very much. He didn't look great in practice, but once they saw him in a game, again, like I said, the Packers realized that, hey, this is going to be our guy after Aaron Rodgers, a team that does not go through quarterbacks that often. So what do you what do you think? You know, I, I it's, it's a shame because I think a lot of people say they didn't like him because they didn't like the situation he was drafted into, right, and, right. and and he has no control over that. So um, that's not his fault at all uh, that he was drafted by the Packers and the Packers traded up to get him. And so he's sort of gotten a raw deal. Uh, but I, I did like him pre-draft. I thought he was definitely a project. Was definitely not a guy that was going to come in year one and start. Um, maybe three years is a little long, like to, for somebody to be sitting. Figured he'd be able to, you know, if he was drafted by someone else, you know, not named Green Bay. Um, figured he would be able to sit for a year and then come in and start. But uh, I like his physical traits. Um, I just, I, I wonder if it's a bit too late because that's what you run the risk of. Like sitting for three years isn't a good thing. Like that, that's not a good thing. So uh, I just, I, I wonder in the back of my mind, is it just, is it too late for him to be able to progress and for the Packers to be able to get good of a look? So I think the Packers, outside of the quarterback questions, though, the roster's almost the same. Like obviously they lost Al Lazard, Randall Cobb, um, but like the roster is fairly the same. Their, their defense uh, added a few more pieces. So I think they have a decent roster. This isn't going to be an easy road game. And I mean, in mid December, it's going to be cold and the bucks are going to have to, they're going to have, they've gotten lucky in, in the past uh, of avoiding cold weather games, sort of getting those out of the way earlier in the season. Not this time though. So they're going to travel to green Bay in mid December and uh, it is going to be a chilly one. Luckily, that looks like the coldest game on the schedule for Tampa Bay. Oh, yes. Christmas Eve in Tampa, Florida. The Bucks will host the Jacksonville Jaguars in Raymond James Stadium, a 4.05 p.m. kickoff for that game. The Jags are going to be an exciting team uh, to watch this year. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. that, that huge performance in the playoffs last year. Um, Trevor Lawrence really coming into his own. Doug Peterson finally putting a team around him and, and maybe supporting his players for a nice change down there. Uh so with that being said, I'm curious to see how this one plays out because both of these teams, let's say the Bucks at this point in the season, have seven wins, eight wins, and they're looking to maybe get that one or two more to, to compete for the division or, or to get you know that wild card game, whatever the case may be. Both of these teams could be looking to upset the other uh, if their seasons go the way they hope. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence might get some MVP votes this year. Like... It- he could be due for Irvin Meyer was a complete disaster. Oh, um, Doug Williams came in. Doug Williams. Wow. The Doug, <laughs> Doug Peterson came in and, and yeah, Doug saved. Williams at quarterback finally yeah, turned that man. team around. <laughs> oh man. Doug Peterson came in and really, yeah, really turned the ship around there. So this is going to be a tough one. And, um, I'm going to be very interested to see uh, how the Bucks play the Jags. I still think are an ascending team. Uh, obviously, they had that big comeback against the Chargers in the playoffs. They didn't obviously they didn't have enough to to beat Kansas City, but hey, they won the freaking Super Bowl. So, uh, but I expect the Jaguars to win their division this year. It's a weaker AFC South, so I think the Jags are going to be coming in here. It's going to be late in the season, so maybe they even have a chance to like clinch the division with a win here. Right. So this is going to be an important game for them, and depending on where the Bucks are at, these final three games, um, like two of them being divisional games, it could be pretty important for the division, depending on how many wins they have versus their divisional opponents. So this could be a game where the Bucks may have to maybe steal one here. I, mean, I think the Jags are honestly one of the better rosters in the NFL, so this isn't going to be an easy game, but it uh, should be a pretty fun matchup at home on Christmas Eve. Yeah, and one of my favorite things to think about with the Jags is uh, just how close they were to having Byron Leftwich. 
I mean, they could have. That's honestly, they dodged just a major, major, major bullet. I mean, it's and on and it was left, which is doing. Yeah, it, it it wasn't. The Jags were ready to hire him. Like it wasn't like the Jags said no. The Jags almost made the mistake. Like they picked that. Like they made the mistake basically. But Byron Leftwich saved them from themselves. Really, that would have been a pretty big what if. I, I think not necessarily in Bucks history, because like I don't know, like depending on who the offensive coordinator would have been, maybe certain things change. But in Jaguars history, based on like what the Jags did this past season, yeah. how different would it have been if Doug Peterson hadn't been there? You yeah. know, so that would have been very, very interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to week 17, the final home game for Tampa Bay. It's a division game and a tough one at that on my birthday. There you go. December 31st. New, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, one, baby. One o'clock on Fox. The Bucs will play the New Orleans Saints, so I think I know what I'm doing on my birthday. Um, again, just like we said with Jacksonville, but you know the stakes are even higher with this one being a division game. The Bucs could be in a position to... I hate to put it this way, but the Bucs could more than likely be in a position to play upset right here. You know, Let's say the Bucs are third in the division, fourth in the division, and by week 17, you're, you're kind of closing the door on that playoff window. Um... Let's say the Saints are, you know, one game away from clinching the South. They got to beat the Bucks to do it. Maybe the Carolina or one of those other teams is one win behind, and it's a it's a late situation where it could make or break some team season. Uh, that's what the Bucks could be doing here if if you know their season does not go as planned. Yeah, it could be a lot like um, what twenty seventeen, uh, sort of towards yeah, the end of the yeah. season there. The Bucks beat the the Saints at the last game of the year. There, I believe that was on New Year's Eve as well. So sure was. I was um, yeah, Chris Godwin's first yeah. career touchdown. Yeah, that's. I gotta tell you, man, that's that's one of the most underrated plays in Bucks history. And like, it's not a playoff it's a game. You know, it, it wasn't a playoff game. It, it wasn't anything that had hell, uh, high stakes. It was the season finale. It was you know, it, it uh, was the, the it Bucks was. weren't making the playoffs. Yeah, like, but yeah. they went out there, game winning drive. Chris Godwin sideline touchdown bucks win it i mean it was yeah. it was pretty damn fun yeah so i mean again though if you mentioned the bucks may be playing out the string which is possible like it's possible they could struggle and you know these last two games may not matter that much if they only have four or five wins by this point but if they have seven or eight wins by this point, these two games could determine whether they make the playoffs or not depending on uh what the rest of the division does so um I mean, you got New Orleans here, then you got the the season finale against Carolina. So I think you'd want to end off, you know, the your home stand here w- with a high note against New Orleans, the last home game of the season. So it'll be interesting to see. And it's a long time. I mean, it's it was it's over two months. You play New Orleans October first, and you don't play them again till December thirty first. It's that's one a, day away from three months, so that's that's a long time to not be playing an opponent. So a lot of things can change between now and then. Exactly between Tampa Bay and New Orleans, that is two very uh, different football teams between the times that they play each other first and second. Um, obviously, Week eighteen, you had mentioned it. They wrap up with another division opponent in the Carolina Panthers. That game on the road. Details to be determined. But same exact situation as week 17. Um, Could play late year upset. Could be a couple of crucial wins to put the Bucs on top of the division. Imagine that. So we go through the entire schedule, and I wanted to get your opinion on this before we wrap things up. Uh, Peter King and a couple of other people, more than a couple of other people, have already relegated the Bucs back to the basement of the NFC South. Uh, Peter King said it's going to be a three-team race for the NFC South, saying it's going to be Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta. Is that accurate? Do you feel like the Bucs can ultimately compete? If this defense is the best in the NFC South, can it slow down some of these other teams who, you know, Derek Carr is still a first-year quarterback with Dennis Allen in that system, so it could not go as planned, right? I mean, look at Russ in Seattle, or Russ in Denver. Nobody expected that to flop as bad as it did. Not saying that happens with Derek Carr here, but you never know. Couple of rookie quarterbacks, on the other hand, with Carolina and Atlanta. Good rosters. Bucks have a good roster as well, aside from the quarterback situation. And you also don't know how Kyle Trask and or Baker Mayfield are going to play that year. So when people are writing off the Bucks, what is your reaction to that? 
Reminds me a lot of 2019. Um, so the, the Bucks had lost. They hired Bruce Arians. The the shine was really wearing off of Jameis Winston at that point. Like the that was after year four. Uh, had the whole suspension, had the whole Fitzpatrick thing. Uh, the the shine was wearing off that star, and they hired Bruce Arians. They were in a cap crunch. It's kind of like this year, right? So they lost Adam Humphreys. They lost Quan Alexander. And a lot of people were like, this team is going to be the worst in the NFL. Like, this team is going to be so bad. And if you followed them enough, you would know that there was just maybe they weren't going to be good. Maybe they weren't going to make the playoffs. Probably weren't going to make the playoffs. But there was just too much talent on the team for it to be the worst team in the NFL. And that's where I think they are right now. Will they be good? I don't know. Are they going to be a top of three, a bottom three team in the NFL? I don't. No think way. So. No way. It, it, I, I gotta say, like that's where I am, and and that's really what 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 I kind of focus my attention on. I think more so, it's just a state of football journalism, if you even want to call it that. I mean, when you look at these panel yeah. shows, when you look at ESPN, when you look at Bleacher Report, when you look at uh, you know SB Nation, when you look at all of these blogs, whatever the case may be, when you look at more specifically national sports outlets who are supposed to cover all of these teams. Um, you know, when they're, when they're expected the bucks to, to basically have the number one overall pick next year <laughs> and, and, and take Caleb Williams or, you know, be ranked 31 out of 32 on, on the latest set of power rankings going into Whoa. the season. I just, I have to feel like this isn't even like people who don't watch the team. I feel like this is just a common sense issue here. And I feel like anyone who has any type of football understanding can understand that like on a team that didn't have an offense last year, they still won eight games. They still won the division. They still made the playoffs. Like this is a team that is more complete than people are giving them credit for. And the absence of Tom Brady to a lot of casual minded football fans is obviously going to make them a much worse football team. I and mean, and it, the, it, it's a big yeah, one. It, it is going to make them a much worse football team. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to get up here and say the Bucs are going to compete and win the division, but they are not going to be the second to last or worst team in the NFL. I just don't cool. understand why we're drawing that conclusion. Well, my my favorite thing and my one piece of advice to Peter King is um, you know, his explanation was the Super Bowl was worth it. Right, yeah. I, I mean, give me, give, why do you think they're the second worst team in the NFL? Like, why do you think that? Like, that's all I, you can have that. It's your opinion, whatever. Why? If you can give me a solid reason why, I'll shut up. But like saying, oh, the Super Bowl was worth it. They lost Tom Brady. It's a huge loss. What were their other big losses? Mike Edwards, Narkeem Nunez Roaches, Sean Murphy Bunting. Like, Okay, solid players, fine players. You know they could, they they could have lost Jamel Dean. They could have lost Levante David. Then right. if those two things happen, okay, maybe then you're looking at it, you're like, uh, you know, like maybe a bottom this, ten team. But wow, well, I mean, I mean, even if you lost both those guys, I feel like you might be. And I mean, the things about Devin White. Do you look to trade Devin White then? Because then you're looking at. But like they were able to retain those guys, and yeah. they were able to add some guys. So. It's not a perfect roster. Uh, the Bucks know it's not a perfect roster. It just wasn't possible to do that with the salary cap. Um, so, will they make the playoffs? Who knows? I, you know, in the division, anything can happen. Um, would I bet on them making the playoffs? Probably not, because I, I, I think there's some maybe better teams there. And my one concern about the Bucks is maybe depth, like because there's going to be injuries, and I just don't know certain injuries at certain spots. I don't know if they can overcome them. So you can't predict injuries. If Trista Wirfs and Levante David and you know Vita Vea, if they all miss. You know, twelve games. Okay, maybe then the Bucks are a bottom three team. Sure, I, I, I can't, I can't predict that. Like, sure, I, you know, if you're missing those guys, all right, whatever. Maybe they are then. I, I can't predict that. But to sit here right now and and just say that, I, you're just reading. Oh, Tom Brady left, so naturally they're going to be bad, and that's just that's not the case. Like, because I mean, there's just there's a lot of talent. Will they be good again? I don't know. But I'm telling you, there's too much talent for them to be that bad in 2023. I agree. 
I do agree. Um, before we wrap things up here on the pod, do you have any closing thoughts, maybe a take bag this week or uh, overall expectations for the season? I know you just talked about playoff expectations, but without getting into too much detail, we'll do that later this summer on the season prediction show. How are you feeling? What, what do you make of the schedule yeah. and uh, where yet? Like I said, a pretty, I mean, don't really have anything to say much about the schedule besides the week five bye week kind of sucking. But um, one thing that does not suck is Yaya Diaby wearing zero. So it's the first Buccaneers player in Tampa Bay Buccaneers history to wear the number zero is Yaya Diaby. So that could be uh, a pretty fun trivia question one day, uh, you know, 10, 15 years down the line, who was the first Bucks player to wear zero. So um, pretty cool there. And uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. I don't really have much, uh, you know, I was, I was going to bring up the Peter King thing. Uh, glad you did. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Hey, and uh, you talked about that number zero being a potential trivia question, depending on how this kid plays, it's either going to be really easy yeah, ten years from yeah. now, or it's or it's going to be uh, next to impossible. So we'll see what happens. But obviously, as mini camp gets rolling, some players going to be back in the facility over the next couple of weeks. We've got some updates for you guys uh, as much as we can. Shorts and t-shirts, guys are running around. At the end of the day, it, it is activity. It is official NFL sanctioned football activity back in one buck place, and uh, we are excited to be talking to you about it. But with all of that being said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Canon fire podcast thank you guys so much for hanging out with us uh follow the show on social media facebook instagram and twitter all of those are cannon fire podcast you can find my co-host evan on instagram at bucks underscore daily the number one buccaneers fan page on instagram you can also find him on twitter at evan nfl and check out his written work at bucksnation.com you got anything in the hopper not gonna lie to you like this time of year it's tough to figure out some yeah. stuff so yeah i will have some stuff but i gotta think about it so hey, i will right. have some stuff on booksnation.com just not anything planned right now it's all right it's no worries i mean hey on our pre-draft <laughs> on our pre-draft show uh we got to tell everybody about the dark times that we are now officially yes. in because we have got we've got mini camp and then it is nothing until late July. So. Yeah. So we are going to uh, we're going to do our best to continue to bring you some of the best bucks content over the course of that break. Something that we have not done these past couple of seasons. We like to keep it transparent with you. But uh, we got a, a lot of new types of content we're going to try out this year. I'm personally really excited about it. You should be really excited about it. And uh, Evan, you should also be really excited about it. So, Yes. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. But again, that's the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm your host, Rip Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We will talk to you guys in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.